Welcome everybody to the Anthony and Todd Show, a weekly podcast that critiques and memes music. I'm your host, Vincent, aka Richard Dawson's Creek. And I'm joined to you by my ever attentive co-host, my best friend, my pal, my amigo, my Drew, Jonathan. AKA Untitled Swan Game. Swans. Swans. But it's only one goose and it's only one swan. Well, there's multiple swans. <laughs> so it's better than one goose. Oh my god, imagine the like complicated nature if you had to control like multiple goose in that game. Or multiple even geese. imagine the complication if it was multiplayer. Oh my god. Like an MMO. Online? Yes. <laughs> oh my god, that needs to be a fake MMO goose game. Uh this is episode one thirteen of the Anthony and Todd Show, an episode we would like to call The Gorilla Tossed the Salad. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> That's the best thing I can come up with. I, I prefer the one I came up <laughs> what with. What was the one you came up with? Uh, Donkey Kong Country Gorilla Toss. <sighs> That's okay. Uh, today we're talking about the latest albums from Swans with Leaving Meaning, Gorilla Toss with their latest EP, What Would the Odd Do? Probably ASMR. We're not going we're back to ASMR again. No, we're not. We just <laughs> recorded an episode of this in Phil and Jonathan did ASMR. Uh, we're going over Richard Dawson's latest album, 2020, and Mark Kozilek and Petra. is a year early personally stop stop making jokes nope. and mark coslux and patrons hodden with patra hodden hayden i don't know i said hodden because i can't read apparently you never but could. joey always smiled uh before we start before we get into the reviews you want to follow the anthony and todd show on social media and do so by going to twitter facebook and instagram searching at anthony and todd find us on podcast services by searching the anthony and pod sh- anthony and pod show no anthony and todd show at uh, google podcast Apple podcast and spotify and also uh, supporting us on patreon patreon.com forward slash anthony and todd show uh and give us money so i can buy fucking jet ski fucking jet ski can we get something more useful than a jet ski two jet skis no you know what i was thinking about today what so i was listening to denzel curry's speedboat of course you were and i was thinking you speed- don't want to do. You don't no longer want a jet no, ski. No, a speedboat speed is just a long jet ski. <laughs> it's also wider, but more importantly, longer. Oh, uh, length isn't everything. What did you think of this week's music? Uh, this is probably one of my favorite weeks that I've like in a long time. Yeah, I've been, I really like this week. Um, so much I like this week that uh, I think next week we need to do something really bad to counterweight it. So we may have to go back to 93 Punks again. No, look, I already told you there's that Sum 41 album that we never covered. We're not doing that. <laughs> you said bad, all right? Can you honestly imagine it being worse than 93 Punks? Yeah, but, like, I don't want to do something. I want to do something new. That's so we- not, it's not super old. I don't want. I don't even want to touch. We already touched. Oh, um, one fuck. Was the what's the name? Of we the can band? find someone else. No, there's we can talk no, about no, this no, no. There's one I've wanted to do, but then I listened to it, it was so fucking bad. I was like, nah, we're not doing that. Fuck. What? What was we're, it? We're, we'll figure this out. No, after I'm looking the show. It up right now. I'm. I already you're have my Spotify. Spoil it. <laughs> if we eventually end up doing this. You're gonna spoil whatever review it no, is. Well, uh, look. Okay, it's that one right there. I'm not spoiling it. I'm just telling you what. We're I have doing. no idea what that is. It's bad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah i really like this week it was very surprising because like going into this i knew i was gonna like one of the things because i kind of listened to it but not one? really uh, uh uh richard dawson i oh. listened to half of a track That's like and my I, favorite that, um spoilers but i didn't i didn't know if i was gonna like anything else i listened to grill i listened to the last grill toss album reviewed it i didn't know if i was gonna like it as much as their last one and mark kozilek's always a toss-up but let's not talk about what we uh, a summary of what we thought about the music. Let's talk about 
individual reviews of the music. Are you ready? Are we, which order are we doing this in? Because you gave the pages to me not in the same order oh, as I you put up. on the front. It's, is it's it the... Swans, Richard Dawson, Grillatos, Mark. Okay, well, let me put this in order then. Uh, this one needs to go in so the So wait, bag. wait. Are you sure you don't want to keep it out of order so you leave meeting? <laughs> Time to go over the latest Swans album. Swans! Leaving meeting, period. Period. It's like damn. Damn. But the opposites in lowercase. I wonder if they're gonna release a special version of this where you're supposed to play it backwards. Honestly, I feel like I might enjoy it backwards. I feel like hums coming at the end after Aniline wouldn't work. I feel like that'd be the main issue. Be we'll get into this. I think the layout of this is uh, a little much, but um, new uh, Swans, New York City experimental rock slash post rock band, fronted by their essentially just main member, their Sushu Jamie Stewart. Yeah. Uh, type michael gira who is a guitar and vocalist um swans uh, around in various waves of post-punk and experimental rock post-rock and al almost no wave in their their early stuff was pretty like metal and industrial yeah. influence too just a bunch of ragtag things but the second kind of after the return after their like 10-year hiatus they're and, like they're return the form i guess their big trilogy with the seer and then to be kind and the glowing man so tell me about swans because I, I i don't know a lot i know basic research this is my first swans album yeah okay so swans um as you mentioned uh experimental band um they've been around for what feels like forever um pretty much one of the biggest names in experimental like rock music if you're into that kind of shit um outside of bands like you know frank zappa and captain beefheart frank zappa is a band Mothers of Invention. Oh. Fuck you, dude. I thought you were talking about the person. Well, I mean, he is... And if you divide him up, is he a well, band? Well, Captain Beefheart's just a person, too, but, like, you usually refer to Captain Beefheart as magic bands, just Captain Beefheart, because it takes too long to say the rest. <laughs> but, but um, band's magic. <laughs> yeah, so looking at, like, kind of the harder, like, rock forms of experimental rock music, um, Swans is one of the biggest names. Their influences can be heard, or influence can be heard in bands like Tool, who in turn kind of influenced their return to form albums. Um, yeah. But so they're really, their first albums were like very heavy into like industrial sounds and just grating, hard hitting beats and just creating just a general like grimy, gross atmosphere. And then they disappeared for a while. Yeah. Know, as bands do when they're fucking decades old. Then they came back with an album that I forget the name of because it was really mediocre and forgettable. Um, is the one they did right before the seer. Was then, the one with the dog on the cover? No, that's the seer. That's a good oh. album. Um, it was like, it was this long ass fucking title. It too. doesn't matter. But then, so they kind of reformed into like the the main lineup that they did for their free album trilogy, starting with seer, ending with the glowing man, which is supposed was like kind of presented by um, Michael Gira as like the end of the band. Like that was supposed to be the end of it. Mm. Um, clearly, it wasn't. But and that was just kind of their big like push forward in terms of scope their old songs are not ever really the like fucking master like huge like 20 minute fucking epics with two hour long albums they were more contained more punchier and to the point whereas with this they kind of took their time and created these like progressive experimental tracks that create just a ton of atmosphere and the atmosphere is always very like heavy it's and, a very post-rock-esque yeah very post-rock but their songs are always very heavy very dark very just kind of filled with this horrible like atmosphere of just dread mm. kind of a daughter's route in terms of atmosphere not sound wise though 
Um, you could hear a lot of the way like Tool had kind of re-influenced them as they had kind of clearly influenced Tool and that their songs had a lot of... Well, this doesn't make me want to take a nap, though. Yeah, but I'm getting to it. <laughs> their songs take a lot of the like um, polyrhythms and power chords and like weird bass playing, except instead of doing the same fucking thing for every track, they actually change it up every once in a while. So basically, they're Tool, but better. <laughs> With their, for, like, that trilogy of albums. Yeah. Uh, this latest album is financed in the same way their previous trilogy was, uh, by having a fundraiser album, like a select amount of vinyls, like 2,500 or something like mm-hmm. that. And it was called uh, What Is This? That came out in March 2019. And this is also a double album. It was a cover of a Faith No More track. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, it's 12 songs, hour and 33 minutes. It's my first Swans album. And it's a weird album to jump into for Swans. I Let like me it. say, it's, I'm, I'm not saying it's bad. I yeah, love this album. I'm saying this is a very shockingly optimistic sounding album. Like some tracks are very like heavy and dread, but like a lot of them are like very light and beautiful. Yeah, this and thing's like very a, like this thing's old. very decrepit at times yeah. and very beautiful at times. It's which, kind of a shake of a sh- stick what you're gonna get. Yeah, which, which is, is really interesting. Their old albums are like beautiful, but like in the same way that like a daughter's track is beautiful. It's beautiful in how fucking disturbing it is. Mm-hmm. This is beautiful because it's like actually like beautiful with like orchestra and like yeah you get almost like, like chamber pop elements which choirs. is really interesting and like the fucking like aniline is a fucking like straight up fucking um father john misty track like if you listen to it it like his voice the way it sounds it's very like pure comedy-esque which is weird because they never did anything near that in their previous work yeah, uh, what what I got out of this album, what I thought was really interesting. Uh, so I listened to this like three times. Mm-hmm. Each time it gets better. Uh, first time I was like, okay, I like I understand the scope, but like nothing resonated with me. Um, second time I got more of the themes of essentially this album is essentially searching for existence, but also explaining that the quest in searching for your own existence is futile, and you should essentially just accept your fate and just accept reality how it is yeah it's which is very complicated and it's told in a very abstract way yeah it's so it's very hard to understand what they're getting at not in like a bad way just because it's it's not it's not fed to you it kind of covers the full scope of like existentialism in terms of like the search for meaning and it covers the like really depressing aspects are like oh nothing has meaning but then it also covers like well nothing has meaning so like make of life what you will and you don't have to conform to any ideals yeah it uh, also kind of points out like the darkness of like trying to find like meaning and things that aren't worth finding meaning in with like sunfucker yeah um you get tracks like the hanging man where this this hanging man is a like a representation of just this constant death in people's lives and he doesn't understand who he is he like he he brings up statements of what he is and then he counteracts them mm-hmm. it's really strange and odd and then it's weird uh, uh, the first half of this album gives me a, a, like a, a almost like a, a feel of like being in a cave and ha- being like right next to a warm fire and seeing yeah. the light shimmer off the, the rock it's it just i find it really weird and reflective and interesting um you get tracks like amnesia which is uh re uh, is a uh, um, not cover 
but it is uh, taken from their previous album, 1992's Love of Life. Yeah. Same lyricism, just different instrumentation. Uh, Leaving Meaning has this weird uh, like contradiction statements, two-part contradictions, where he says, I can see it, but not... I can see it, but not see it. I can feel it, but not keep it. I can touch it, but not hold it. I can be it, but not know it. Just yeah. these constant contradictions of just existentialism in a sense mm-hmm. in a nutshell uh sunfucker is a brilliant moment because it starts out so slow and just building uh jennifer gira i'm I can only assuming is the partner michael gira or it's his sister one of the two i have no idea i have no idea. i, I, I couldn't i never looked into his personal life i i researched her name and I he, he's very him. like closed off of his personal life yeah. so like yeah uh, it has this very syncopated bar chimes, which I sound really interesting. Just, this is almost a wind chime effect, which is really cool. And it's talking about surrender, surrender. The sun fucker is coming. This like gigantic wave is being built. Yeah. Uh, why am I on this earth? I worship sun fucker. None of this makes any fucking sense. Yeah. I just love it. And it's absurd. And then at the end, we just get the lyrics, lyrics, believer, believer, believer to not. And it gets in this weird like david bowie berlin trilogy like moment yeah. where it's like low or um uh heroes type moment kind of inspired by kraut rock but not kraut rock type moment mm-hmm. which is really really interesting i i just find it just the atmosphere being built with a lot of the the vocals being built on top of each other throughout this thing, entire thing where it's just michael either on top of himself uh, like we will see on My Phantom Limb or Sunfucker, or if it's like a background choir or just like a, an additional voice that he overlaps. I just find it really strange how we're getting these overlap vocals throughout. Uh, Cathedrals of Heaven, he he says, uh, I'm asking this, what made us like this, who made us like this. There's a constant uh, fear yeah. of w- what is beyond our control, which is really, really it's interesting. It's a very beautiful like track. Yeah like very grand with like the background orchestra like choirs yeah things it's just a very grand track yeah um my phantom limb is a, a completely terrifying moment and mm-hmm. weird closer uh and uh michael gear is just essentially looping over himself constantly uh saying everything is sacred mm-hmm. over almost all these weird elements it, it feels like this kind of thought process almost this manic thought process being looped completely out of control to yeah. the point where it's uh just strange the nub that's that's in this album that's probably the most reminiscent of like their older sound yeah uh, the last three minutes, the last three tracks before that, I think it kind of takes it out uh, towards the end of the nub where it gets, um, where the vocalist Baby D is on and it kind of builds up to the sonic wall of sound, which is really mm-hmm. cool. It just dominates the track. It feels like almost like a tsunami wave of instrumentation is overtaking you. Yeah. After that, with It's Coming, It's Real, Some New Things, and What Is This? Those are like the most catchy songs on here. In my um, opinion, I, they're catchy. Some new things I feel like is the weakest of the tracks because it doesn't do much new in terms of instrumentation. Not only for like them, as I, a I band. think it does some new things, <laughs> <laughs> but like, and it's also like the least like good at doing what they do best, which is like progressing its elements and like adding new things on top of it. It's just it's a very for being called some new things. It's a very repetitive, uninspired track. It yeah, feels like. this is where we get into more uh, moments where we'll get uh, like a large drums, or we'll get um, like a like a synth pop in, or uh, yeah. 
uh, some <coughs> strings. That's why I meant not synth strings will pop in. Uh, so you get more kind of like chamber pop elements. Yeah. It feels less just post rock. Also weird for them. Yeah. Um, and that's but really in a good way. That's all I really yeah. gotta say. I really enjoy the themes of this. This like existential crisis, yeah. but also acceptance of that existential crisis. I find insane. I like how it almost counterbacks itself at certain points, which mm-hmm. is really cool. I this like the is... sound. I think the biggest problem is there's just I, I think it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot, but like at the same time, this is their most accessible album in like years because it's a only an hour and a half, not yeah. like two hours yeah. long. There's no 20-minute tracks on here. But I don't think being a lot is necessarily a bad thing. I don't think... Well, like, it could, but like I feel like they carry... some of these moments could have been cut. Like, the nub, I enjoy it, but it... Oh, I, I think, love the nub. I think it... Like, I like that sonic wall of sound. I think it goes on for too long. It doesn't... It doesn't do anything for me. Okay, really. I've been into Swans even through their two-hour-long albums. So I don't... I think... I have no issues with a band being very long and having these long-winded albums. No, if they can it's carry just, themselves through yeah, it. Yeah, I and think Swans is really good at carrying themselves through. I think songs. it just I needed. I think I needed the last four tracks to happen sooner. Yeah, that is one thing. This album or could just probably like be spread like spread out because this thing already contradicts. Yeah, though. this thing already contradicts itself with this theme, so I don't really yeah. see and like. Even if you took like Cathedral's Heaven and the Nub and like switched it in on that second disc, so like some of the other tracks come mm-hmm. sooner, it would have felt a lot different. Yeah, because Sunfucker kind of sets it up for a more energetic side, and then with Cathedral's Heaven, we take it back down a little bit. It's, it kind of puts itself in the same position that like the first disc did, where it starts off slow and then kind of builds into something, but it ends. Uh, and that's all I really gotta say. I had a lot of fun with this. I wasn't thinking I was going to enjoy this too much after the first listen. I, was, I actually ended up enjoying a lot. So. I figured I was going to enjoy this. I didn't know because I knew, given what he said about the last albums, I knew it was going to be something different, and I wasn't sure what to expect, and I was surprised with how light some of this was and how it wasn't this overbearing soundscape, and it wasn't so heavy in darkness, and I was surprised by that, but I was, it was a good surprise. This is a good album. I was, I'm excited to see if him and this new iteration of Swans does more, or if this is this is it. Yeah. Either way, I'll be good. Okay. And uh, yeah, keep in mind those scores. If you tell me, let's right now I'm feeling uh, eight to nine. I yeah, really enjoyed. I'm feeling this. a pretty solid eight and a half. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. So we can't review this next album until a year uh, from now. Yeah. Not a year from Let's now. Just a couple months. A couple months. Yeah. Uh, we're going over the latest Richard well, Dawson. Well, we can review it, but you're not allowed to watch this review for yeah. a couple months. Sorry. Not until Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> if you open up early, I'm taking it away. I'm returning it to the store. Uh, time to go to the latest Richard Dawson album, 2020. Richard Dawson is a Newcastle folk slash avant folk artist who made a ton of ways with his 2017 album, Fez. Or I always want to say pheasant, but it's peasant. I don't know why I think that. Because you're stupid and yeah. can't read. Um, I heard a lot of waves be- around that album, but I never checked it out for myself. I, I still haven't to this point. I like tried to, and then I listened to it, and I was like, I just want to listen to 2020 again. Um, but I always kept that name in mind, Richard Dawson. Um, and I heard this 2020 album, and even made a huger smash on a lot of people. Good, because this is a great album. Uh, I just heard. I saw music Twitter take it up a bunch, and uh, people were constantly praising this album. And uh, I wanted to get into it. I heard the first, I've heard like 
half of her song, Civil Servant, and I was like, okay, I'm going to save this for myself because it sounds like it's going to be really interesting. Uh, 2020 is Richard Dawson's sixth studio album, and it's currently, he's released it on Domino Recordings. And uh, essentially, uh, what I get out of knowing very little about Richard Dawson is he has an impeccable range yeah <laughs> his uh his influences are all over the place yeah and that's a good thing you get like a kind of a captain beefheart reference point a little bit not yeah. much i captain beefheart is too for lack of a better word anarchistic like he's too all like his whole point is like not seemingly structured yeah Whereas I'd say it's more Zappa, where Zappa like is very intense on his like very thought out methodical structures. The band Frank Zappa? No, this time I'm referring to the person. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, but you've got influences of like rock, not only from like modern rock, but also like '80s and '70s rock. Yeah. Because like the track um, "Jogging" has like its opening just feels like. You're listening to another fucking Eye of the Tiger like pump up track, but only just to be warned. Oh, this song's about being paranoid and depressed. Yeah, uh, this his and then medieval folk music. Yeah, that's what is the biggest <laughs> influence on this album, it's, and I love it so much. <laughs> it's like, um, what if I'm trying to think? What if parquet courts existed in Skyrim? Yeah. It's like the first track on here is basically what if old swans made a fucking medieval folk song? Yeah. And then after that, it's just like, what if, yeah, like a parquet chorus or band like that was making medieval folk music? Yeah. It's, it's really weird because the instrumentation of this is very uh, twingy because yeah. it has that medieval folk style. Um, but it's also this, very natural. It's very. This uh, album made me want to buy a loot. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I'm not even uh, joking. Buying a loot and smashing it over your head. Um, <laughs> Uh, no joke. Um, what? It's a good instrument. Um, yeah, it's good for me smashing it over your head. <laughs> you can't play John guitar, Jonathan. Yeah, maybe it loots easier. God damn it. Um, what was I even talking about? Yeah, the instrumentation is very warm, natural, but there's like synths all over this thing, and sometimes there's a vocoder effect on uh, Fulfillment Center, yeah. and it seems very natural to the elements. It's so, on jogging too. Yeah, it's... There's like the super like down tuned like distorted guitar on Silver Servant and Joggering and what's the other one that comes in? I think it comes in on Black Triangle for a little bit yeah. too. So like the elements of this all feel natural to it, even though they they're kind of range in the synthetic from fucking everywhere. Yeah, it's very strange and odd. Yeah. Uh, what's even stranger than odd uh, is oh, just how current these themes are. Yeah, I was listening to this album, and it's just, some may say they take place a year in the future. <laughs> yeah, they're very forward thinking. Yeah, that's a phrase I'll be using a lot today. Thank you. But um, because he 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 came. This is actually a concept album. How he traveled in forward in time, forward in time, and then back in time. It, basically, what happened was he traveled forward in time, saw the horrible shit that was happening, traveled back in time, and stole a loot, and then came <laughs> back here and made this album. But um. It's weird because, like, when you think of, like, medieval, like, folk songs and, like, minstrel, medieval minstrel music, you're thinking of, like, hero ballads and shit like that. And these are basically hero ballads for, like, the downtrodden and the kind of forgotten by yeah. society. 
That's 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 very smart of you to say. I actually yeah. applaud that statement. That was Thank really you. Smart. Um, so let's go over some of these tracks. Silver Certain, my Servant. favorite. This is not only my favorite track from this album. This is like very heavily in the front running for my favorite track of the year. Yeah, it's really. I think I don't know. I think I like the uh, instrumentation on some of these other tracks, but I think this is the one where it comes. This is where just it's like together it, narratively the most sense. It's, it's the it's, most chaotic. It has probably the most different influences hitting it all at once. You have this very repetitive, yeah. suffocating guitar, like distorted, suffocating guitar. Just, it just which completely a, takes over the track. It's a super like swans, like early swans. Thing. That's why I call it like early swans doing a like medieval folk song. And uh, he goes over essentially how he fucking despises his job yeah. and how essentially he just is constantly just depressed living the way he is talking about i don't have the heart uh i don't have the heart to explain to another poor soul why it is their disability living allowance will be stopping shortly which did you look on the guinness fan about that to like explain what this was yeah like, it's um did you say guinness or did you say genius i i meant to say genius but i said guinness because i just i want a beer but like <laughs> well uh, from my knowledge of what uh uk politics is is that uk had this very controversial thing where was, they're taking this away and they replaced it with something else that doesn't it's not as good yeah basically disability living allowance was basically just our disability pay yeah and they're like doing a new program but because of the new program a lot of people who used to qualify for disability and still need it won't qualify anymore so a lot of people are just losing their disability like yeah which is terrible um, he also talks about just like this is the most realistic interpretation of like coworkers. Yeah, and just uh, like let me read it in the staff room, lost in the days, shoveling crisps into my face after an unspeakably awful call with a grieving mother, and weather spoons on the fruit machine sinking um my umpteenth peroni, crackling like a hyena at the nasty jokes of my colleagues, none of whom I can stand. And also that line about smashing one of his coworkers' heads in with like a tape dispenser. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's just it's fantastic because it's ex- so on the nose. Yeah. of just how. You're just people experience their jobs. How you're and just ha- how forced to be around these people you he, fucking hate. And you're supposed to almost like treat them like family in this weird sense. Yeah. I don't. I'm bad at that at my yeah. job. Well, you're bad at treating me like family. That's because you're not family. When you're here, you're family. DiGiorno. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Because Olive Garden probably just puts in microwave pizzas, I'm assuming. Olive Garden. When you're here, you're go to Applebee's. <laughs> Don't steal video game donkey's jokes or we'll cancel. Credit video game donkey. No. Uh, those are our jokes now. <laughs> uh, we get tracks like The Queen's Head. We are head, now the donkey clone. The Queen's Head where he's talking about essentially how this city is like it's on the from what, it, what I researched of it. It's on yeah. the bank of like a river. Yeah. And it constantly like it gets it very close. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's happening again. He, he calls his his nephew calls him and says it's happening again. The floods flooded again. Humber burst its banks this morning. And essentially this leads into the themes of going into the hook. How little we are clung to the river's edge. Come hell or high water, how little we are. How in the year 2020, because that's when I'm assuming this takes place. Yep. We still are not advanced yet to like just stop, stop water it's 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 not that hard it shouldn't be but we just can't do it water uh doesn't doesn't think we should outthink it easily yeah, but should. we we don't i mean we elected trump so like we don't think either 
I didn't. Well, no, technically we didn't. The Electoral College did. Because, you know, that's a system that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, tracks The track Two Halves uh, goes over how his dad is at his, like, I'm assuming, like, high school football game. Or, yeah. like, it's soccer, it's soccer over there. This is the most, I just want to say, this is the most British album I've ever heard. Not because of, like, how it sounds, but because of, like, how fucking British, like, all the references no. and, like, things that he says. Is, I think. The things like crisps and flat and, like, all the fucking, like, lines. Anytime he could have said something that, like, has, like, two different words to use, he picks the most British one he could use. I don't know. I think, I think, it's either slow tie. Slow tie just sounds British. Yeah, I don't think that makes him the most British. Like, <laughs> so Sleaford, if we're going to that way, Sleaford mods. Yeah. But they also just sound bad. They also kind of sound Scottish, too, so <laughs> maybe they're not British. They just have very Cockney accents. Yeah. Like, super, like... Cockney. Cockney. <laughs> uh, but it's it's, it's it's essentially his, his dad at his soccer game just screaming at him. Being a piece of telling shit. Telling him he's not David Beckham. Yeah. Or was it, was David Beckham or was it Messi? I think he said Messi. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, just it, being the typical shitty sports And parent. this is where the guitar gets like some of the most distorted of the album. Not yeah. as annoying or repetitive. Not Annoying and repetitive and uh, silver server, but like very distinctively yeah. ragged, strong. Um, but it's this weird, absurd moment about how his dad always tries to hide his feelings. Um, but in this one instance, he is the loudest person in this empty stadium at yeah. this, I'm assuming, uh, like just random soccer random game. Soccer game. Um, or football. It's British. So, yeah. Football. Uh, I'm not British. Um, moving on to jogging, where it's essentially going over just various levels of his anxiety and how he interacts with these various themes. Uh, his, ther- his therapist tells him to go jogging, so he does. There's also references to uh, the line. He says there's a Curtis family on the ground floor, had a brick put through the kitchen window. The police know who did this. Still, they do nothing. There's just, also various references to very political, other political statements throughout the track. Yeah, it's just kind of this whole thing where he's talking about like how he feels more and more paranoid, but at the same time, he's presenting all these reasons why the world actually seems to be getting worse. Yeah. Because people are just being really shitty nowadays, yeah. and it's just getting... And like it's it, he's justifying his paranoia of like actual reasons to be paranoid. Yeah. Her emoji shows him being the most uh, like frail voice possible, but also yeah. his like most deepest tenderness talking about how he discovered read his wife's text and discovered that he uh, is being cheated on. Yeah. And uh, it's very heartbreaking. I don't think this is him, though. I think he was I found I'm pretty sure the song was son from like the wife's perspective, finding her husband was cheating on her. I interpreted it completely differently. I'm pretty sure, like... Someone's cheating on someone, and it's really tender. Yeah. And uh, Richard that's, sounds that's like... Point. Richard sounds very frail, and it's amazing. His vocal... His range across this entire thing, his vocal range is impressive. Um, not to say he's, like, the greatest vocalist, because, like, his range is distinctive to him. Yeah. And he tries. He puts so much passion behind all of his vocal performances on that, that it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and he always gives it its go, and, like, it's not like he's the next... Um, I don't know. Who's, who has a very impressive range? Uh, Mercury. Yeah, Freddie Mercury or anything like that. But he's yeah. very distinctive to himself um, and brings passion to whatever he does. Black Triangle talks about uh, him. I'm discuss- pretty sure this is a song about Tom DeLonge. <laughs> Black Triangle. Yeah, I guess in a way. Black Triangle is him discussing about a UFO ch- sighting he saw and, uh, his, and then that transitions into how his life is affected post-divorce. How... Yeah. He still is kind of searching for these 
UFOs in a way. It's really weird talking it's, about how him and his kid are in going camping. And he sees one again. It's yeah. also kind of this weird thing because he's talking about how he saw somebody else and then their life, he's like, you know, happily married, he's got kids, and then his life, he's still obsessed with the things that happened and his life's still falling apart. Yeah. It's kind of moving on from, yeah. like, that type of stuff in order to, you know, live a normal life. Uh, fulfillment Center is completely depressing because um, it talks about Amazon Fulfillment Centers. Which is... And, uh... If you don't know how bad those are, uh, Google it. Yeah, it's it's the longest tra- track on here for 10 minutes. It's probably... It's the least enjoyable track, in my opinion, but there's a purpose to it. Yeah, it's really... It's the least enjoyable, but it's also just... The most brutally honest and sad. And it's hard to listen to because, and, like, it's super true. Yeah, you have these vocoded vocals that sound robotic, and they say 300 units per hour, hour after hour after hour. Uh, it's just gurgly nonsense. Yeah. Gurgly robot nonsense. And it's just so long going to the specific details about how someone fell asleep standing and then they were fired and how some man, some uh, man who spoke very little English uh, had a just a complete meltdown and was escorted off the property because oh. no one could understand what he was saying. And the woman like fell down, started like convulsing and nobody really cared or did anything. Yeah. Um, and uh, going over the last track, Dead Dog in the Alley. We in skipped a- two tracks. Yeah, are we going track by track? I don't really have any. I mean, like, Fresher's Ball, it's a nice little, like, ballad about, like, dropping off his, like, daughter at, like, college and yeah. kind of dealing with emptiness syndrome. It's it's nice. It's, it's yeah. a sweet moment. It's one of the few, like, happier moments on this very, like, bleak album. Yeah. What, what, what did he see? He saw a fox outside his window? Somebody yeah. saw was that the animal he saw? It was, yeah. It was, he saw an animal, like, eating, and it made him, like, happy and, like... It's the melancholy of, like, emptiness in your family, like, children moving away, but it's, like, kind of, it's a natural moment that, like, kind of hurts when it happens, but, like, it, it's a, still a good thing. Uh, Dead Dog in the Alleyway talks about, I'm assuming, homelessness. Yeah. This was one I had trouble deciphering the most, but it is essentially how they're just, this the life of this homeless person. Down. Yeah, just no essentially cares. how he's in a, a restaurant just trying to fall asleep and families keep on waking him up. He just yeah. hears families. and Gets just beaten in the middle of the night for no reason. Very Clockwork Orange-esque. Yeah. Which is very British. Yeah. So the, I guess this is the most British album. It is the most British my, album. Because my understanding, Clockwork Orange is 100% accurate uh, 100% accurate on actual British life. No, see, Clockwork Orange is Britain in 2020. Oh. Because <laughs> it is a futuristic movie. Uh, yeah. I, I This is brutally honest. It's very good. I think what it has room and improvement on, I think this is just a little bit too long. I don't. I think it just... Because it, it covers so much that I've, it's hard to... I've listened to it five plus times, and I've never felt this album was too long. Because like, I, I like tracks like Dead Dog and Fresher Ball, but I wish they were either condensed into other things. Nah, I'm good. I like it pretty much exactly how it is. The only thing I would do is maybe just get rid of the no one because it's just it's pointless. Yeah. It's just pointless little interlude that I really didn't serve purpose. Yeah. But uh, I enjoyed this a lot. Uh, I think it's fun. It's completely insane and weird and yeah. impulsive for so many elements and it's completely reflective of current times. And that's it. That's yeah. all you gotta really say. Yeah. Uh, keep in mind those scores a few Talamanians right now. I'm feeling uh, like an eight to nine on this. Nine and a half. And uh, we're gonna leave it at that and move on to do you know what the odd would do? 
They would toss the, a gorilla. The, they would. <laughs> good enough, but I was going to ask the Fairly Odd Parents. Oh. Because that's what this album's about. Oh, is it? Yeah. Is it? It's a concept EP? Time to go to the latest Gorilla Toss EP. What would the odd do? Uh, Gorilla Toss. Boston psychedelic art rock band with elements of electronica. Consists of singer, singer Casey Carlson, drummer Peter Nabronti, uh, guitarist Aaron Shafi, keyboardist Sam Elizabeth, and bassist Steve Steph Copper. And uh, they put out a fantastic album last year. I don't know if you're aware of this, Jonathan. It's called aware. Twisted Crystal. I am aware. Uh, I think we had an episode title last year called The, the Gorilla Twisted My Nipple. <laughs> don't ask why. Why am I on this show? I don't know. You you volunteered to be part of the show. Not really. You asked me, and I was like, okay. I took you as tribute. And <laughs> uh, your, your exact words were, I would, like, pretty much was, be on the show because you can do, like, the punk rock stuff, and we can do more albums that way. And I was like, eh, okay. I got nothing better going on. And then on. I took you as tribute. Yep. And sacrificed you to the gods very slowly and menacingly. Um, it's still going. It's an <laughs> ongoing process. Um <laughs> uh, the, one thing I love is when I talk about this album, and I just love discussing the fact that I find this to be uncanny, weird type of music, because this middle road, it's like when you look at it, they take a lot of elements of electronica, and psych rock, and art rock, yeah. and they just blend them together, so it doesn't seem... It's... it's If you like were just kind of giving this like a passing list and like not focusing on it, it doesn't seem weird. It seems pretty like run-of-the-mill, 70s, 80s inspired yeah. like rock like there's moments where I, I just because i was like driving i wasn't listening to it as closely and i was like oh i didn't know sticks came on yeah and but then you actually like start paying attention like in all like the smaller elements it's very odd it's very yeah no album. it's just it it blends so much together yeah and it passes off as something that's like not as strange as like a captain beefheart album by any means oh not even close. but like it the fact that it's just like in between the two things it comes off yeah. as something even more weird in a weird extent because it's confining to like regular laws yeah and it's the weirdest form of normal in a sense it's uh, it's it's pretty much the uncanny valley of music because like it's so close to being normal but yeah. it's not quite there that just makes it even weirder yeah uh they uh twister crystal have fantastic tracks like magic is easy jesus rabbit which is and completely insane track about the life and death cycle and existentialism of this rabbit <laughs> and is the uh, rabbit jesus yeah good no actually it isn't oh i think it's just called jesus rabbit Bad. um and also jackie's daughter uh this new ep what would the odd deuce five songs 19 minutes and i like how this ep is almost as like as long, long as their last no, as long as, like, a fucking Kanye album last year. <laughs> no, their last album was only, like, 20. <clears throat> yeah. So it's, like, this is as long as an EP. Just missing, like... Or as At what as point, album. like, do we stop basing EPs on, like, track n- numbers and just length? EPs more of nowadays mean, uh... It's, like, intensity of track. Hmm. It's, like, scope. Because, <clears throat> like, I see this as more experimentation, so they didn't, like, they didn't try it's not that i didn't try hard enough it's um it they didn't put enough it's not it's more of i guess it's not as risky as their last material that's what i was saying it's also not as like catchy as their last material it's great i really Mm -hmm. like this but like it's it's a completely different dragon and element um and eps nowadays are more 
uh, either things used as promotion to keep your name out there, keep people updated in what you're doing, or just try new things and uh, not release it as a studio. Like album. the Slaves EP, yeah. where they just try new things yeah. out. Um, basically, we're just going to go over this real shit. Real, real shit? I don't know. I don't this like is some that. real shit right No, this here. is really good. I, I enjoy this, because uh, this is way more... They, they've always had healthy electronic elements in their mm-hmm. music. Um, but this is way more uh, fluid, way more addictive, yeah. hypnotic in a sense. Because you have, what with the odd dude, and it's, I feel like I'm just compulsing down this tunnel. Same thing with uh, Future Doesn't Know. Mm. I feel like I'm just being shot down this tunnel, and once the drums start, they like bring you into this complete over-encumbering sound that is completely... Uh, I, I wanted to say heavy, but that's the point of under over encumbered. Um, but it's completely addictive, and it's hard to escape. It's hard to uh, like get out of the space of the track. What I like about this is the mix of Cassie's vocals seem a little bit like down. So she's almost a little bit lost in the mix, which I yeah. get a lot out of the experience of this EP because it's supposed to be more fluid, um, just more addictive more easy to just get lost in which i think is really interesting uh plants the way the guitar and bass are laid out uh remind me of uh, like a nine inch nails track <laughs> like a uh, head like a hole yeah i think it's a good example it's just this very frantic energetic moment uh like running speed i think it just really works really well moth like me land where money money's nightmare lives are, are fantastic they all have this high pace energy to it um, great use of synths and bass and everything just lays out each other perfectly um the synthetic elements uh do not outweigh um the authentic i don't know like home authentic but like real instrumentation and they almost feel the real instrumentation also almost creates a weirder synthetic effect than the actual instrumentation which is strange yeah i don't have too much to say about this i really enjoyed it's it it's an ep there isn't too much to say but i think it's a good step where they tried out a more hypnotic sound and it's yeah. more strange than their previous material uh but besides lyrically and yeah. hook wise i think the last ep had a lot more stranger vocals where this seems uh cassie's vocals don't seem as important not that their performances are bad they just don't seem as present they're yeah they're very traditional i guess is the word i think that's the part that like makes the out like the ep seem it's least weird on the surface level is that it just the vocals just sound like a traditional like yeah 80s electric rock also like this is uh i think way less twangy in a sense it's not as twangy as the previous release but i still enjoy it yeah this sounds like an like on the surface, like an 80s Devo, 80s talking head, yeah. or not talking heads on sticks. Out. Yeah. Like, but then you can, like, look into it and stuff. Uh, keep in mind those scores if you're telling me it's right now on phone, uh, 7 plus on this. Yeah, 7 and a half. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Okay, you ready? Is, am I gonna go, uh, 4 for 4 with, uh, 0.5 scores? Does it matter? Uh, spoiler alert, I will not. Oh. Yeah. Uh, time to, uh, can't think of a good transition for this one. I was going to ask you, are you a cause? <laughs> Remember, if you're a cause, you have to tell me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hate you. Uh, time to go over the latest Mark Kozilek with Petra Hayden album. Joey always smiled. Mark, you Koz- said Joey really weird, right? There. Joey, you're like Joey. Joey, <laughs> you said a very odd. It, it kind of worried me a little bit. I just had a minor stroke. Just a minor stroke? That's what I was worried about. Just a teeny bit of a stroke. 
Um, Mark Kozlik is a singer-songwriter formerly of Red House Painters and the primary artist Sun Kill Moon. He's the in this current era of his career, he is more focused on storytelling and spoken word elements than being uh, melodic and actually singing. Yeah, no shit. Um, and he's also very long-winded. <laughs> yeah, no shit. And he takes a really, really long time with his narratives. Yeah, and no you're shit. Either gonna, you're either gonna like it, or you're gonna hate it. Uh, I guess primary example being, um, I also want to die in New Orleans. I fucking hated. This time I actually like it a mm. lot. I th- I thought you were okay with it last time. What I also want Dire New Orleans like I was okay with the production, but it went nowhere. And like I was okay with the general sound of his voice, but it, I, his stories were too wall-linded and unfocused. And I just there's nothing in the album to make me care. Um, so some notable works of Uncle Moon has put over the years. Uh, Benji, Common in Light and Loves are Red Valley's Blood, which is very just a an audio diary of sorts that happened over the course of the year uh this is my dinner which was a travel log they released 2018 that had some kind of lackluster production that looking back at it um but i think the the travel log narrative was really interesting yeah. and it kept me entertained um i found that to be a really entertaining album that i probably will never go back to but i really enjoyed the stories being told found it to be almost like a podcast audio like a music podcast of sorts it's basically if we took one of our shows and just had somebody put like a guitar underneath it i'd be cool with that yeah <laughs> and uh i also don't i also want to die in new orleans which i think the stories were just less interesting the production i think seemed a lot better because they had donnie mccat donnie was... mcclasson and jim white under it so it was more jazz instrumentation there's no sense you... of progression in it it was just it the was stories much... the stories didn't connect yeah that was the biggest problem and like even within like... the same track the stories didn't connect yeah there, I like the production. Just is like it was the same like basic thing for like ten straight minutes. There would be a sudden unexpected change up, but then they would just keep doing the same thing with, that they changed to for like another like five minutes. Then change it up again, and it was just there's just a progression, and there's nothing that carries you through these long ass times of this like unchanging production to get to that switch yeah, up. Yeah, uh, Patron Hayden is a violinist. She has been a member of that dog. Tito and Tarantula and their December issues worked with the lights of Foo Fighters, Beck, Weezer, Sun O, and Green Day. What I like about that is there's only one consistent band within this, and that's Green Day because they're consistently bad. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Um, and yeah, just going over this, it, it's some light violin occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, some at the end she appears in some vocals. I think she also appears on here, but this is just Mark Kozilek. Just being Mark Kozilek. Yeah, and you're either gonna. It's like I de- again, depending on whether you just like this performance or not. And this, if you hate it, you're there's nothing for you here. I'm sorry. If you didn't time, like if you didn't like Common as Light, you're not gonna like this. Uh, I guess I should listen to Common as Common as Light is like good. That's one. my favorite. Because like Benji is he's kind of melodic. He sings a lot more, but uh, Common is he's he like he it's the nice balance where like sing on the hooks. Yeah, and. Uh, He's more spoken word, but that's like his best use of it. And I think the most interesting, also probably the longest. I think that's probably his longest album to date. Um, Going over this, so you got tracks like Parakeet Prison, which he's recalling his 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 childhood from the ages of four to seven, which is weird because it it brings back memories of his dad taking him to this this Parakeet Parakeet Parakeet. A, a parakeet salesman and he just how they as kids like nicknamed it parakeet prison because they the parakeets kept dying whenever they'd get them also they were kept in like this huge cage yeah and they would just shit everywhere and smell like ass oh that's that's what happens when you have birds and how he 
the parakeets kept on dying when they were taking them home, and they just kept on flushing them. Uh, he, they had to tell his dad to stop bringing them there, but his dad just, their dad wanted them to have something bright and colorful in their yeah. dark lives. It also talks about um, things like the first concerts he ever went to and his first time ever going out to the, the coast where he ended up moving and spending the rest of his life, the early signs of his parents' upcoming divorce, yeah. and things like that. Yeah. And then brings it all in by discussing how like all of these small, seemingly insignificant things that happened as a kid like had this like huge, long-lasting impact on him as an adult. Yeah, that's the one where I can dictate... Uh, probably where, like, where the elements of the story are. Yeah. All these, like, I remember a lot about this album. I just don't remember, like, what tracks they take yeah. place in. <laughs> because, uh, like, it's, I, 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 I had to, like, listen to this as, like, uh, like once and, like, just embrace it all in and, and just, like, just listen to it. Not, yeah. like, pay attention to, like, war, how long were these tracks, like, what tracks they were. I remember the 1983 era MTV music is the is the soundtrack to Outkast being bullied by Jax. One, he, he says that so many fucking times and it's really annoying. But yeah. I also find it kind of funny. <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. That's the that's the longest track, and I'd say it's also possibly the weakest track. On yeah, here. because it's the repetition of what he's saying. And yeah. also, he just goes on tangents about, like various styles of music and how he didn't like them and, yeah but also it has this really cool intro that's like jazz likes like, i guess hi-hat i can't yeah. remember if it was a hi-hat or a snap but it was really cool how it was laid out in the percussion because that had a little bit of a, a different flair to the track which yeah. made it interesting uh, as we were five tracks in i remember some point in this album he's talking about um uh kurt vile <laughs> And he went into depth about how Kurt Vile's final band, or former band, how he left, which I think was really interesting. I think that was the nice people all around. I, I can't remember the track for the life of me. I, I remember stories from this. I just don't remember where they were placed. Nice people all around in 1983 era MTV music is the soundtrack to Outkast being bullied by jocks. Are like the two most like all over the place out like tracks. They're the least like focused and like tuned in on their stories because joey always smiled as him recounting like his childhood with like his pretty much i guess you can childhood friend yeah and like, how his brother was uh was mentally disabled yeah, mentally and physically disabled and how like even though like whenever he was freaking out he always had a smile on his face and, and also how his brothers took care of him right? yeah and, like that was how the thing he remembered the most was how like his brothers were always there and they were always taking care of him and trying to do the best but also kind of recounting like how his relationship with like the one brother not joey but like the one that was he was more close to and like influenced him to be a better guitar player and finally take his like work as a guitarist seriously yeah because like he invited him to go to one of his guitar lessons he's like hey you got an opening his guitar he's like yeah if you don't get your shit together he can have your spot he's like oh oh okay i'll fucking get my shit together and his friend was only really able to play interested it. no he was only really interested in playing the level of guitar that he was playing yeah, currently just, just playing bar chords yeah like black sabbath pretty yeah. much and then like rest in peace arlie ermes pretty much exactly what it, the title says it is. It's this weird tribute to Arlie Ermey and, like, how his role in, like, Full Metal Jacket is, like, this weirdly calming thing for him, which it, it kind of is. It's also the moment where I was, like, I wasn't frustrated with the track. I was frustrated with Mark as a person because he went on this, like, tangent about, like, how, like, the second half of Full Metal Jacket sucks. I'm like, it doesn't. It's that's good. that's a very common it's thing, It's a very though. common thing, but, like, it's so common. I like the third, I like the second, third yeah, act. It's well, good, but, yeah. like, I think people like unfairly because like the first act is like so distinctly different. Well, the first act is very like pop culture. Yeah, it's like it's it's very just like it's a flashy 
It's and where the third act is like really gritty war film where they're being yeah. picked off one by one. Like the first act is like it's a fucking YouTube compilation like waiting to be made <laughs> basically of like insults and that's what it is and like yeah it's funny but like at the same time it's like also like fucking terrifying because you realize like how fucking awful boot camp is and how dehumanizing it is. And then the second and third act is like hey this is the end result of this. These people go and they die and they kill and no one gives a shit. Yeah. And like you can't have the first act without the weight of the second and third act pointing out how bad this whole picture is as a whole. Yeah. That was more my film like major like being critical of this, but that has nothing to do with the actual song. The song itself is very good. Yeah. Uh, He's discussing how like he can't watch it out loud at night when his girlfriend's trying to sleep because like you can't no matter how low you turn it down. R. Lee Ermy is just going to be loud as fuck when he's insulting people, no matter how quiet you make the movie. And even if he, you have it on mute, even, yeah, you even, feel it. You can feel it. You can <laughs> feel his anger. But then while Googling, like, Vincent Dion, how to fucking pronounce his last name's last name, so he could figure out how to spell it while he was writing out the lyrics of the song, he saw an article about how he had the R. Lee Ermy had died, and it's kind of like a, a final, like, tribute to, like, oh, he was also in this movie, and I forgot about that. And he was also in this movie, and I forgot about that. But he'll always be... Which is very, like, Mark Hoslick's. Yeah. He'll, like, mention one thing about a person and list, like, four other things yeah. that he remembers or vaguely remembers. It's, he's also very focused a lot on, like, pop culture, like, listing off artists and, like, tributing artists. Like, uh, you yeah. tributed a member of the Partridge family on This Is My Dinner and then performed the Partridge family theme, yeah. which is a weird cover choice. You know what else is a weird cover choice? The power of the love. end of this album, which is just a cover of "The Power of Love" by Huey Lewis and the News. It's weird, but at the same time, it works. It, it, like it's totally his stick at this point, so it's not like I forgot to mention though my favorite lines and references and things that he's talking about on this track. Spanish hotels are echoey. Yeah, he's talking about how basically he's having sex with someone and it, the it, floors are too. Then and, and it echoes throughout the whole hotel and people are complaining. It's like it's not my fault that your hotel is really echoey and everyone can hear me having sex. And then he was like, You need to get stronger walls or soundproofing so yeah. people can make love or something. Yeah. something it's wrong. just it's a weird story, but like for being twelve minutes, it doesn't feel twelve minutes because it's so weird and goofy and fun. Yeah. I think that may be the same track where he's catching up with I forget who, an old friend, yeah. and he he has a, a family, and he was when he first met him, he was like twenty something, yeah, and how he they've both grown, now he's just getting older and older, yeah, you know, um, as, as one does, yeah. Uh, the cover of Power of Love is very intimate, and very uh, more reflective of work pre or during Benji, yeah, yeah. Um, but I find it interesting. I find, I find this really interesting. Uh, it's, he's not doing anything new on here. No. Yeah. It's like, and that, that may not be a bad thing because like, it just works. I think I was thinking about this the other day when I was listening to it as like, he's, he's going to like, he constantly, every like six months he puts out something mm-hmm. and it's like, not all of them have to be like common as light level yeah. projects. Like some of them can just be like this where it's just like an audio, like a podcast or yeah. an audio podcast, music podcast where yeah. you're just like. Saying stuff and it's just find it really interesting. I find it very akin to like listening like a grandparent talk mm-hmm. and they'll share like weird stories. Like a wise person doesn't necessarily have to be a grandparent. Yeah, 
Yeah, this was, this album is very interesting for me when I first listened to it because I listened to it and I was flying back from Florida mm. on the plane. Mm. And so I literally like I got my I got my phone out, I put in the album. And I was like, I don't know who the fuck this Mark Kozlik guy is. But like, I'll see if this is any good. And I hit play, and I hear the instrument start, and I was like, this sounds very familiar. Did I hear his voice? I was like, oh fuck no, because <laughs> I remembered how much I did not enjoy listening to the Sun Kill Mood album as my first review ever on this show. Yeah. And then like I was just sitting there on the plane, I was like. At no point have I like stopped wanting to listen to this. Like this album, I actually was able. to I captivate. got through all the way. In yeah, one sitting. It captivated me, and like I listened to it, and like at no point was I was like I want to go back and listen to like the the John Times Two album had come out at that point. I wanted to listen, I was listening to that a bunch. Like at no point that like want to switch back to one of the other albums. Yeah. I wanted to just I wanted to finish it. Yeah, which I did not want to do at all when I listened to Sun Kill Moon because it kept losing me and kept making me not care. Yeah. Um, this, this album, I don't know if I will ever come back to it. Uh, I feel like it's more like, I'm more likely to come back to this one than This Is My Journey, because it's more stable yeah. in terms of the production. I'll come back to tracks, definitely. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll listen to Parakeet Prison again, definitely. I'll probably listen to Joey Always Smiled again. Um. But, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. a lot of fun. It's a great... I had a lot of fun. I just, I think this is just a great experience that, yeah. I don't know, it's not something you'll listen to frequently or at all past this one listen but mm-hmm. i really I fucking think enjoyed it it's something you should at least listen to once yeah and uh at some point mark will switch up mm-hmm. or maybe he won't it or maybe matter. he'll bring in a second vocalist for parakeet prison uh, yeah just oh yeah there's a second vocalist for parakeet prison i don't i didn't write down who it was I forgot. no one cares um but that was interesting that's yeah. an interesting point we could bring up but i don't think it really matters at this no. point we're still in the review uh keep in mind the all scores are few time meaningless right now i'm feeling a eight minus i'm feeling a solid eight yeah that's why I said spoilers. It's not going to be an ever pop yeah. five. It's a solid eight. Yeah, it, it's good. It's not new. Swan's good. It's it's new. Uh, it's new. It's uh, it's not new. It is new, but it's it's good. It's not like it's nothing new though. Yeah, it's but new, it's, but it isn't new. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a new album. It's nothing new, but it it ranks with. I have more positive experience yeah. than with this than I always still want to die in New Orleans, and it's a yeah. little bit better than this is my dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I think some of the dinner, uh, some of the dinner, some of the, some God, of the stories were right way more intimate in this and my dinner and just seemed, there was also a running theme that I think yeah. tied everything better together, but this is pretty loose and it seems more tight. Yeah. Or it seems pretty tight, which is interesting. I think we're gonna leave it at that. Yeah, that's that. And, uh, if you want to follow the Anthony and Todd show on social media, following us at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Anthony and Todd. You want to find us on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash the Anthony and Todd Show. You want to find us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the Anthony and Todd Show and give us money so I can buy a fucking jet ski. Speedboat. Spe- uh, speedboat. speedboat. Speedboat now. is a long jet ski. Yeah. We know you, Vincent. You have to have size. Size matters to you. Because I'm short. That's my last name. Let's, let's make it more about joke about you being like by the size of the dick that you take matters oh yeah well i have a i have a normal size ding along so you can please shut the fuck up no i'm not saying about yours oh. i'm saying the what you're looking for size matters to you oh okay here you nope. go this nope. is yours no nope. this is, this is <laughs> no. yours now you now get well, the show it's now. okay it's okay it's okay embrace oh, it oh it's okay yeah no, okay. no that's not <laughs> uh yeah we're gonna leave with that and until next are. time it's guys okay. This is I'm 2019. Vincent. We are accepting. It's actually things. 2020. Oh right, I heard right. the Richard Dawson. Album. We did the review. It's 2020. Richard. Yeah. Happy birthday! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! When did that album come out? 
What? When did that album come out? Like two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, so it's officially two weeks into January. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Hope so the film's almost done. <laughs> so behind on every due date imaginable. Until next time, guys, I'm Vincent. And I'm Joffin. And uh, I hope this is it. Bye. Let me hope this is it. I hope this is done. I hope that we're just done with the show now. No. Anthony Tyler will live on forever. Oh, God.